This is the Video Game Book Club for July 2018, and this month we're talking about Minecraft. I'm Brian Skersha. I'm Josh Galecki. And I'm Clint Jones. And let's get into it. So, Minecraft. Uh, <laughs> you might have heard of it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know if you've heard of this one before, but it is a sandbox video game created by Marcus Person, better known as Notch. Uh, basically became a minor celebrity over the course of the early 2000s when he founded... Uh, his studio Mojang, and eventually went on to sell Minecraft and, uh, you know, its rights to Microsoft for the tune of about $2 billion. Absurd. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of sort of history behind this game, what it did, what it led to, and we're going to try and dig into that over the course of the next, uh, you know, half hour, hour or so, and talk a bit about that. All right. Uh, This game came out, I think around 2007-2008, first on the TIG Source forums, that's the Independent Gamer Source forums. Uh, There's, back then, there was a very hot time for the indie scene. A lot of things were under development, and Minecraft was really one of the first success stories to come out of the indie scene, at least one of the first smashing success stories. You had games that were successful before, but none to that level, and, you know, probably talking about all video games ever made, I would say this is one of the most commercially successful ones. Especially for a single person. Yeah, this was um, really one of the first like indie games that got big commercial success. Um, one of the, you know, obviously the first one that I think was acquired, but it is um, that TIG source thing. I don't know if you were plugged into this at that time, Josh. I know you were actually an early XBLA developer yourself. Hmm. Um, but TIGSource uh, actually, I think, was part of a, a big part of that scene, the early indie game scene, like when it first started to take off. And Notch was sort of a, you know, pioneer slash, you know, big man amongst that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, um, the games kind of developed a lot from what you see today versus what you first had over there. But I remember I was, I saw some of the early forum posts about that um the game wasn't quite in er- such an early state but even then people were excited to show each other like oh hey look at this cool bridge i built look at this cool little fortress i made over here which to me i think that gets to the heart of this game this game's about building things so you know i i actually have a bit of a history with this game but i wanted to ask like when is the first time each of you was you know introduced to this game so clint i'll start with you like when did you first hear about minecraft like what were to come with you i mean it's obviously around everywhere but i think my little cousin was the first person that introduced me to minecraft for real and it was i don't think he played the game that much he liked to watch people play it on youtube that, that was pretty much his whole interaction yeah the the youtube culture for this game is insane like it is like probably one of the things that propelled it to its its eventual success and we'll talk about that in a bit but josh what about you how, how'd you where'd you first hear about minecraft and how'd you come to it i think it was on that tig source forums when i saw some people being excited about it and i took a look myself um i think when i joined they had just gotten out of um they just added in the survival mode which is a very you know that's how everyone plays a game kind of now uh but 
you had blocks, you were back then you were thrown into it without any direction or knowledge of what to do, and you had to figure things out as it went on. A little bit different than how the game goes now, but I was um, pretty excited to see then. Yeah, I agree. And like the first form that I came to it in was Survival 2. It was, <clears throat> from what I recall, 2010. Actually, I, I remember it very vividly because it was right after college graduation that I first picked up this game, which was for me in 2010, summer. And I remember playing it like when I was away on like a training for my first couple weeks of work. And like I didn't have anything to do at night except download this you know, Java beta of Minecraft and, and play around with it for a bit. And it crashed fucking constantly. <laughs> and, you know, it, it it was still very much a work in progress. And this was an interesting game. What it reminds me of particularly is because this is one of the first games that did that sort of early access model, which is huge. Like that obviously spurred so many things in the games industry from there on. But the early access model that Minecraft pioneered was basically like, we're going to sell it to you now. It's not finished, but it's going to get better. And that is a super interesting thing that I think this game contributed to the games industry in general. Yeah, I feel like that's like a major part of everything now. Uh, like on Steam, almost every game is an early access game for at least some period of time now. Uh, good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, I think we end up paying a lot of money for games that never get finished because of that, <laughs> because and because of this model. And, and to be entirely honest, I would say Minecraft might not have ever been finished. I mean, if you look at the level of polish on the game, we spent a month playing it, and we had so many problems with it. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like even after it's gotten its, uh, you know, buy buyout by Microsoft, and we're ten years into its life cycle now. Uh, for all intents and purposes, it does still have some flaws and some rough edges that basically, you know, belie that initial early access, you know, pioneering gene, right? Yeah, the multiplayer, the networking code for this game was never, it hasn't never been the best code out there. Um, you get all kinds of problems with connecting to the servers and setting all of that up. It's, I think it's kind of a legacy from when Notch was a single person working on the game because I can tell you that networking shit is not easy. Yeah, you were, uh, ironically, you were dealing with netcode and uh, cross-platform gaming around the same time Notch was, and uh, somehow you're not a billionaire, Josh, so... What <laughs> <laughs> Even from a graphics perspective, you can tell, like, he was just doing bare bones just because that was probably his skill level. That was probably not ever the way the game was meant to be played, but it just stayed that way and never, never moved past it. I mean, the llamas are ugly. <laughs> Everything is ugly. It's, well, it's all ugly, but nobody cared. Like it's just, it just is what it is. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I'm talking probably to an imaginary person here, so maybe we should set the set the stage about what exactly Minecraft is, right? Like that could that could probably help for purpose of posterity, at least, right? All right. If you're from a thousand years in the future and you have no idea what this Minecraft phenomenon is, we have a video game where you go around. This is a voxel-based video game, I think. Uh, but basically that means you have large 3D pixels. At least that's kind of how I think of it. And these pixels can be um, broken down. You can remove these pixels. You can add them into other places. You add these blocks to other places and you construct things, bridges, castles, houses, farms, um, anything that 
strikes your imagination. Uh, so most of the game, I think, most of the fun of this game is not through progressing up their tech tree or exploring the um, netherworld, although I think exploration is a strong point of this game. I think the meat of the game and the reason it has been so popular is because of the it satisfies a creative impulse that people have. You can build something and you can say, hey, friends, check out this giant golden penis that I built. It's amazing. <laughs> no, that's And absolutely... we did that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's worth mentioning at this point that we uh, as a group have built a, a little Minecraft server of our own while we were, you know, researching this game and deciding what to do as the old ass 30-somethings we are while all the, the kids are actually going into much greater different game types. We decided to boot up a classic survival server, build our asses up some castles and giant golden penises, as Clint alluded to, and uh, we had a good old time. You know, I, I had a great time playing with you guys on that little bit of a uh, few times we all logged on at the same time over the Minecraft server. Yeah, it's a fun game. That is a fun game for sure. I would uh, speak to something Clint said earlier about the graphics of the thing. Uh, I would say this was a um, much stronger back then when indie games were more indie, and you didn't really have a like the the term indie development studio was kind of an oxymoron because an indie developer was a guy working in his basement or garage or something like that. This was a different time. The gra focus on graphics was not there, um, and graphics and graphical polish, like you see the iPhone games or the indie games that come out these days, and graphically they are at a much higher level of polish than you would see 10 years ago. Like I'd say Minecraft would be they they probably some of the better graphics for indie games back then just because of some of the mountains and vistas you saw. Yeah, like Tacoma. Yeah, Tacoma. That was like wireframe, and it wasn't super advanced because they clearly didn't have the budget to do it, but the rest of the game looked really good. Mm -hmm. So, so much has come into the uh, Unity or the indie space after the advent of like uh, a asset stores and Unity and all of these, like, you know, publicly accessible or relatively cheaply accessible game engines. Um, in the post Minecraft era, the post like big indie boom era, like there was clearly a need for this type of um, infrastructure outside of RPG Maker, which you know has been around fuck probably forever. I don't know. I don't think RPG Maker probably came about the same time as Dragon Quest, in my estimation. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but seriously, it's been uh, it. This game kind of made people realize that there is a lot of creative people acting alone that needed some infrastructure and i wouldn't be surprised if like unity and, and things of its ilk sort of cribbed off minecraft in a big way in terms of like realizing the the need of all of these creative game dev people i think people realized there'd be more money out there in indie games after minecraft was such a huge success uh, that was one of the big legacies of it i think and thank um, god for that right like even if they weren't right, it came to create so many good things in the industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much my feeling about Minecraft in general. I know we'll talk about all that later when we do our review, but just what came after made made everything worth it. Yeah, so I guess what, what we probably should talk about is like, you know, Josh gave a, a high-level overview of why what this game is, but why everyone is still talking about it here, like, you know, 
basically ten a decade after its uh, creation is because it gained such huge traction with people. Um, you know, it gained huge traction with kids who basically, <laughs> for a solid like five year generation, in in my opinion, wanted nothing more than to play this game and watch YouTubers with British accents play it. <laughs> Now I will tell you guys. I don't know about you, but to me, the uh, watching other people play video games doesn't have the appeal. I don't say there's anything wrong with the people who like doing that. Like, there's nothing wrong if you enjoy like a uh, French cinema or you enjoy watch uh, reading. I don't know <laughs> Dragonlance novels because I remember reading some of those when I was a kid. But I don't. I, I don't understand the whole YouTube subculture or Twitch subculture where people just watch other people play video games it mystifies me yeah for me this is the only game where that makes sense simply because the game isn't a game it's more of a sandbox and people are interested to see like okay what did you do with it because that's entirely different from my experience and it's more of a creative outlet so you get to see basically just what people are doing with their with their legos basically mm-hmm. you see that's funny because i bring both an appreciation for this game in a mechanical aspect and an appreciation for watching people play video games to this so i am sort of the combination of your and josh's approach like i love watching people play video games if they're very good at them like speed runs like most of my youtube watch history is speed runs um <laughs> and uh, to be perfectly honest, like a Minecraft speedrun, all achievements is a fascinating thing. You should watch that. Um, but I also hear hear you, Clint, in terms of like this game to me like is such a creative endeavor that it's way different than like a normal video game in in which I would just want to play it. I want to see what other people are doing with it. What what did you make? Like when I go to look at like and we'll talk about like our eventual our server eventually I'm sure, but I wanted to look at like all right, so someone made a tower. How would I make a tower based on like all the greatest towers out there? How would I make a penis based on all the greatest penises <laughs> on YouTube? <laughs> Turns out we have a blueprint for that. Uh, so uh, actually, I, I think this this game is the reason why the Twitch network exists. Other things like that. I mean, people like to watch people play video games before, but I don't think it came anywhere near uh, the audience that was drawn by watching people play Minecraft. So I think this. Again, Minecraft in itself, maybe not the biggest technical advancement ever, but it certainly broke the gates wide open for everything else. I think it's a reason why we have a lot of the gaming culture we have today. Yeah, I I don't think we should sell it short either. Like, we were talking a bit about this off mic, but like the algorithms that went into this game's um, random... uh... Procedural generation. Thank you, Josh. Uh, procedural generation are nothing short of amazing and probably have been copied from here to the end of time. But they are truly special. Were they worth $2 billion, though? <laughs> I think Microsoft got a deal on that. <laughs> yeah. As much money as Minecraft makes. You know, and this is probably not a bad time to, to talk about this a little bit. I sent you guys a video a little bit before the show about Minecraft is the 100-year game and basically digital Legos, right? Um, I don't know if, Josh, you ended up watching it. I know Clint did, and it, it filled him with so much disdain. But I was really sad for the guy. I was like, <laughs> it just said to me, I have no life, and I'll never have one again. Yeah, so uh, the idea of that whole video is that minecraft would eventually become 
some sort of hundred year game akin to like Legos as we know them now. You know, they've been around forever. They're probably not going away anytime soon. And the idea of that is to me kind of salient. I think it'll work. I think it could be good. Um, but what do you guys think? Do you think Minecraft's the hundred year game? Yeah, I think it could be. Um, I think there's very few games out there that can make that claim. Um, but I think Minecraft, it's it's more Legos than it is, you know, like um, a set experience like Modern Warfare 2 or anything like that. Uh, you're, it's never The graphics aren't really going to look dated because they started off looking dated. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that ages games. Uh, graphics and user interface. The user interface, maybe we find something better later on, but I think it's simple enough that it works out and it can hold up for 100 years. I think just based on almost inertia, I would not be surprised to see us celebrating Minecraft's 100-year anniversary sometime. Maybe us specifically, but... God. <laughs> let, us hope, let us hope we all live to be that old. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? I don't know that we'll see Minecraft in a hundred years, but I certainly think we'll still be feeling its effect. Like I was saying earlier, just some of the things that have, that have come out of it. You're definitely right. The UI and graphics are the biggest things that kill a game. And this one looked and played terribly from the beginning. So it, it would, it, it won't matter. <laughs> It'll always be the same. <laughs> so, I, I'm waiting for VR Minecraft. That'll that'll bump it up to the next level for me. It's amazing to me that that's not a thing. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there is um, AR Minecraft already in the world, which looks fantastic from my estimation. I really want to do this. So, Clint, if you still got some hardware around, I'm coming over and we're booting up AR Minecraft. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. At any rate, we should probably actually talk about what this game entails, like, and what we did, you know, maybe we, during this, like, normally we talk about plot of a game, maybe we talk a little bit about what we actually got into when we played this game, talk about uh, Josh's, uh, you know, Dick Mountain, and Clint's <laughs> Llama Mountain, and my Mountain AF. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, when we booted up the server, um, it was me and Brian to start this off, um, and he just found the highest mountain nearby, and he went and started building his fort up there, his little home base and all that. So I was smarter. I went to that highest mountain, and then I found the next highest mountain from there once you were up and you could see a little bit more. So when we were trying to build the <laughs> tallest tower, so to speak, and become the wisest wizard and all that, um, I already started with a leg up just because of a little fort planning ahead of time. And then Clint comes in, what, three or four days later, and he has to, he has to settle for a second-hand mountain afterwards. Well, that's why, that's <laughs> why I put the biggest dick on top of it, just so that you guys would know. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best fort. So, lest anyone think that all Minecraft is, is building gigantic phalluses on top of mountains. This is a game where, like, you know, you have an incredible latitude to build pretty much whatever the fuck you want. And that's a good feeling. Like, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I, I am driven forward by the idea that I can create a cool little space that I can hang out in, and that's not a thing you normally do in games. Like, I'm a big sort of hang out in a space in a game guy. Like, if I find a game that, I re that really resonates with me in terms of feeling, like, I'm cool with just hanging out there. Like, Breath of the Wild is a perfect example of this for me. 
Like, I liked being in that world, and that's why I probably put 150 hours into that game. And uh, <laughs> um, a Minecraft... Uh, Skyrim, Josh, you know, you just were playing Skyrim for a long time. That's a nice game to hang out in. Like, you start to get a feel for the world. You start to understand it and live in it and, like, be able to navigate it competently. Minecraft scratches that itch for me. Like, being able to hang out in a space, feel good about it, you know, exercise some control over your environment and be creative. Yeah, you make it your own. Make something that looks cool, for sure. I think, for me, one of the big parts about this game, too, came from the procedural generation. It's one of the interesting things about this game, I think, is that it has an infinite world. It can go... You can go north as long as you want to, and there will always be new land. And the algorithms that created the terrain and the mountains and all that, um, they create some pretty cool things. You can just go up and suddenly you got an epic vista that you're staring across. So you got this cool little swamp or an underground waterfall somewhere that looks really nice. And you're like, I should do something cool with this. And you make you like pretty it up. You make something cool. There. You kind of leave your mark on it, and you make it, I don't know, not something natural that you just come across, but you put your stamp on the world. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things with it. You like a, you, you can feel the impact of yourself on the game world really easily in this when you're building giant walls or waterfalls or roller coasters or things like that. It, it's the same feeling I get when I'm playing SimCity, kind of. Like, you know, like, mm -hmm. you are, you're building something that eventually becomes self-sustaining and flourishing. And, you know, it's it's probably like the same high that entrepreneurs get from building a business, to be perfectly honest. Like, that's kind of what we're getting at here. It's the feeling of building something, the feeling of something that succeeds, the feeling of something that flourishes. And, man, like, Minecraft is good at that. It's a good game in that regard. You know, thinking about that, I think uh, there's so many games out there that are about destroying and destruction, and there's very few out there about creation. Like, even if you go into a game that has a pretty extensive crafting system, you're either just putting a list of items together, or even if there's a little mini game to craft to blacksmith your sword, it's still, you're going through a game. This is actually like, you get a more physical kind of creation with it. Yeah, that's a super good point. I there there are so many games about there that you know it's basically all about conquering, and this game while it does like reward overcoming obstacles, that's never the focus. The focus is all about building. The focus is about um like like you we had talked about um, building something rather than destroying something. Right, and I think in, in that vein, you're talking about games probably like H1Z or Rust, things like that, where basically it's a crafting game, you build your stuff, and then you log back in two hours later and just a whole bunch of guys have destroyed everything you've done. Sounds like fun. I, 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 uh, I hear I'm you. I'm so sad I haven't played those games. <laughs> I hear you, but Clint, I, you're steering this into a totally different world wherein like the survival is focused more on and uh, Rust, H1Z1, those things. Like, this game clearly inspired a whole host of uh, games that came after it. And, we, you know, we saw those initially with H1Z1 and Rust, where, you know, you could 
craft and build your world, but it was all about like looking over your your shoulder for people that are going to come and gank your shit. And I feel like Minecraft never leaned heavy into the ganking your shit aspect of things. Uh, no. It was more about the building aspect, whereas H1Z1 and Rust was all about like just griefing and trolling people. I feel any game that you know encapsulates the fun of coming across a sandcastle on the beach and smashing it isn't going to be. It's going to be a different kind of flavor than something like Minecraft. You're always going to be worried about <laughs> keeping what you have in those games, as opposed to Minecraft. You're like, hey, let's just build things because that's cool. Yeah, and then I, I think there's such a bad taste left in people's mouth after the whole H1Z1 Rust thing. Like you were saying, that sounds like a horrible game to play, not because of the game itself, but because of the culture that goes around it um, mm. that people have started making single player survival experiences again, like Subnautica, which is probably my favorite thing that's come out of this whole Minecraft era. There's so many things that crib off of Minecraft's like, you know, general brilliance for lack of a better word that, you know, we couldn't mention them all in this particular episode. But what I will say is uh, recently I have been playing Subnautica as well, and it is, super cool in the way that it sort of takes some of Minecraft's best aspects and turns them into uh, a cool story as well as like a super good survival sim slash city builder thing that you get into. Like Clint, you've, you've been, you, I think you beat this game, right? I have every achievement in that game. I played way too much of it and it's, 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 it's beautiful. The, the way they create the world, it's not like they create the world in, in Minecraft. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more later because I think we're going to play this. But uh, the game is, is, is built as it is, but it has all the survival aspects. It has a story to go along with it. And just the way they put it all together, it felt very Minecraft-inspired. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, there's uh, a lot of crafting. There Initially, you're starting off pretty much, uh, you know, naked and alone, so to speak. Um what I think that Subnautica improves upon Minecraft with is its sort of, you know, forward delivery of story. Like, it drives you forward with its narrative. And I don't, I don't know about you, and I, I know this about Clint. Clint likes this. Clint is, this is his steez. He, he would rather have this driving forward story mechanic than open-worldness. Uh, so, have you guys watched The Toys That Made Us on Netflix? No. Okay, so it's basically about toys from the 80s, like from when we were kids. And so you guys remember He-Man and Masters of the Universe, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They went to go sell these. I mean, that was massively successful. And that was toys. When they went to go uh, push that, they said, we can't make these toys. Kids won't know how to play with them. There's no story for these toys. Hmm. So the, the whole comic book, the TV show, all of that shit was built specifically so there would be a reason for kids to buy these toys and so that they would, quote-unquote, know how to play with them. There had to be a story. <laughs> Otherwise, you couldn't play with these toys. And that's like the exact opposite with Legos. Legos are just like, here's some random crap. Do yeah. something with it. And that's, I feel like, what Minecraft is in the face of modern AAA games. That's great. Good point. I would say that Minecraft would feel like a completely different game if there was a story to it, if there was any sort of driving forward force. Um, I think that's one of the things Notch 
one of the best decisions Notch made was finding out early that, you know, people aren't in this game to play around with the mechanics or to fight the skeletons or whatnot. They're here to build castles. They're here to build stuff. And making the game focused around that as opposed to tacking on a plot and some different locations to visit. I mean, yeah, there's the nether in the end, but from what I've seen, I've actually, I went into the nether the first time today in the, I guess, 10 years I've been playing Minecraft or so. Um, That seemed more just like, oh, here's another area or here's another progression. It didn't seem like there was a ton of story still, you know, it's just... And like I said, like um, I haven't been in there before, and I've been having a large amount of fun with it. I would imagine that a lot of people don't feel the need to go into the Nether necessarily. I don't know. I'm not part of the Minecraft subculture, though. That's fair, and it's worth mentioning that like all of the shit that we did throughout the course of our playing this game barely scratches the surface of what this game is to most people that play it. Like, there's role-playing servers. There's um. I don't know, there's there's every type of server under the sun that does things that you and I would not probably not even think of doing with this game. But Minecraft is a multitude of things to a multitude of people, and I think that's a, a really nice summation of what it what its brilliance is. Like, it's a palette that can... It's a blank canvas that people can paint on it kind of whatever they want. Like, there's a million different things you could do with a box of Legos, too, you know? You can use them as figures in a and d campaign. You could build the biggest, most intricate tower or representation of a real-life thing that ever became. Like, there's just a million different things you can do with a Minecraft server in the same way that there is a box of Legos. And I think that is kind of the brilliance of this game. Along with all of the algorithmic craziness of the survival mode, you know, terrain generation things mm-hmm. i think we should get on down to like some summation type things of this game right i mean we're we're, we're you know talking at length about it why don't we just uh talk about our, our general feelings about this and close it out all right uh for me two thumbs up for this game fantastic game um you know i had a great time when i first started playing it uh I think this is my third or fourth spell going into it, and I still, you know, it's good just, you know, hanging out with friends and building shit together. So two thumbs up. Clint? Yeah, it's definitely a thumbs up for me, and and it's not normally a game I would play, but it's I, I love some of the pieces that this introduced into the gaming world, like I said, and I, I kind of love where it's taken gaming as a whole, so it's definitely a thumbs up, especially for just how it paved the way for everything else. Even if this game, uh, and from from my opinion, even if this game was alone in a vacuum for me, and it didn't, you know, happen to engender so many good feelings about so many aspects of games that I appreciate today, I would give it two thumbs up. This is a a cool thing. There's nothing I like more actually than starting a new game in Minecraft and seeing like the the vista especially in a cool good world gen and i will do this multiple times i'll just start a couple new worlds find a really cool vista look out over it and be like yeah i can live in this for a while and you know spend five or six hours like you know bending it to my will so to speak there's nothing better than that that is a good feeling uh so obviously i'm going to give this game two thumbs up um there's so many good 
so many good uh, influences that this game has had on not only the industry, but also on people. Like, I like the idea that we're going to grow up with a bunch of kids that played Minecraft. Like, that is that that is a hopeful thing for me. Um, not necessarily maybe the YouTube culture, but <laughs> like just Minecraft in general. At any rate, in terms of themes that this game sort of engendered on me, like it's super creative, emergent, meditative. It makes me feel good. Um, let's talk about a three-word review. How about that? What about you, Josh? Sounds What's your three-word review of this game? Video game Legos. All right, it's good. I think we're gonna all have a common theme here. I got digital Lego toy box. All right, mine was blocks, 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 <laughs> and more blocks. All right. Yeah, I think we got that pretty good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So next month we're going to be doing Dwarf Fortress, one of the games that inspired Minecraft. So besides talking about the very vast world of Dwarf Fortress. Uh, we'll also be touching on uh, some of the influences Minecraft cribbed from that. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a, a cool summer of sort of proc gen slash um, random generated roguelike interesting you know, gameplay. And I'm excited to see what Dwarf Fortress brings to it. Um, thanks for listening. This has been an episode of Video Game Book Club for Minecraft in July 2018. Uh, signing off, this is Brian Skersha. Josh Kalecki. Clint Jones. Take care, and peace out. Peace out.